Any views, thoughts, or opinions expressed on the Rejuvenating Health podcast are solely that of the speakers and are intended as such. Please contact your trusted medical practitioner for medical advice. Let's go, girls! Hey girls, and welcome back to the Rejuvenating Health Podcast. I'm Shauna Schaefer, and I'm here with women's health nurse practitioner, Lindsay Van Schoik. And if you didn't miss, or if you missed some of our previous episodes, please feel free to go back. We did all of our coaches interviews, and we have just a ton of helpful information on our previous episodes. So feel free to go back and listen to those. But today we're going to continue with our exercise series, and we're going to talk about exercise as a beginner. Yeah. So first we have to acknowledge that we completely failed and did not podcast in Mexico. Yeah, we did fail. Dun, dun, dun. We need a soundboard. (laughs) I know. But it's because we are just really having fun, enjoying the coaches. And we did do a lot of fitness while we were there. And we ate so much food. Yes. So much good food. Healthy food. If you guys... so. Like, we're, you know that you're going on vacation with a bunch of health nuts when you, like, looked at us. They're like, oh, are you guys the group of, of healthy Cro- people? Cross yeah, they're like, are you guys do CrossFit? <laughs> it's so random. We're like, uh, yeah. So I think, it, first of all, it was awesome to meet all the coaches in person. Um, like, that was awesome to just get to see everyone's personality and meet them in person and see um, what everyone's like not on a Zoom camera per se, yeah. Um, yeah. but we're all so different, but we're all so creatures of health. And we all like, it was really cool to see how everyone really lives the lifestyle that we preach to our clients. So without even like coordinating it, we were all at the gym at the same time. Like we're yeah. up and at the gym. Um, yeah. And then going all, to breakfast. Yeah. Yeah mimicking each other's like eating times I think the funniest part was if you guys have never been on all-inclusive like they don't give you a lot of food right yeah it's like good it's not food and we would Mm -hmm. be like we need two meals because we need all the protein and the the guy would be like (laughs) he has like we order a chicken breast and then can we have another chicken breast he's like two chicken breasts like yeah (laughs) they were like so judgy (laughs) Right, so then it was like buffet time. Like, we'll just go to the buffet so we can do what we normally do. Yeah, yeah, but it was good. It was yummy, and the fresh fruit was so good. Yeah, but it was just really good. Like, we all still prioritized our health and fitness, and I think that was really cool to see. Um, I know we talked that to that about with our clients a lot. Like, what does it look like to be healthy on vacation because we hear that a lot from our clients well like I don't want to start because I'm going on vacation or I'm going on vacation so this week is just going to be terrible and I don't feel like any of it like we all enjoyed ourselves and none of us felt guilty about it and we still lived such a healthy lifestyle right and because the thing of it is I think a lot of people sometimes think when they go on vacation it's like all or nothing as well but you and I took a walk on the beach every single day And even though one day I didn't realize, and then my watch alerted me and said we already walked a mile, but we were just talking and walking, just getting movement in, and it's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there were days that you and Lincoln did yoga on the beach and then just went for a walk. Like, you don't have to, like, be crazy at the gym. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. 
Um, we did, we exercised, we all exercised differently, which I think was good to see. We all followed general principles, but you and Lakin were mostly strength training in one corner. Kendall and Shelby were doing a lot of interval type stuff. Kimberly was over there doing her her Kimberly Joy YouTube stuff. Kimberly was like just getting it over there in the corner with her burpees. <laughs> yeah. I was doing more of my like CrossFit bodybuilding type stuff. So we were all in there together, but it, it all looked different to us. And so mm-hmm. we all do we all do train differently, but it's kind of the same principles. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. So let's do you hear an echo? No. Okay. I'm just making sure. <laughs> Mike's going to have to cut that out. Michael, Michael, tell us. <laughs> It'll okay. probably be something with me, though. It's always me. I was like, oh, I think I hear an echo. Okay. Um, so where to start with exercise? I think people see us on social media and they're like, oh, I don't want to work out like that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. So I can't join your program because I can't lift heavy weights like that. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So – most of the time when clients join our program and they're not exercising at all, we don't even have them exercise for the first month. Shocker. I know. I think people are shocked at that. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like exercise matters. The workouts matter. But your non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, neat, matters most. So for a lot of our clients, when we're for – it, like people think – so many people, so I stepped back into doing um, consults this week, and holy moly, you women have this all or nothing mindset. It, and I'm like, no wonder mm-hmm. you guys, no wonder you're where you're at because you think that you have to like go work out for five hours a day and eat chicken and broccoli, and then you're, yeah, you're going to fail doing that. Yeah. It's no wonder they're defeated, right? Like yeah. I talked to a woman yesterday and she's like, I can't think of the word. And I was like, defeated? Like you feel defeated? And she's like, that's exactly it. Yeah. Thinking, well, yeah, anybody would, you know? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it's not all or nothing. It's gradual steps. Like better is better, forward is forward. Do do yep. better than you did last week. So for most of our clients coming in, we're focusing on the food the first month because that's what matters the most. And we're Mm -hmm. teaching you how to eat healthy and we're teaching you what a healthy plate looks like and teaching you to get off your tushy and go on a walk. Right. Like hit your eight to 10,000 steps a day. Don't be a simple, don't be a couch potato. right? Right. And then we can add in exercise on top of that. But if you're trying to hit the gym for 30 minutes and then sitting on your tushy for the other I don't know, 18 hours of the day. I don't like, I don't, your workout's pointless. Get up and go on a walk. Mm -hmm. Like people totally. So we get reliant on these like fitness trackers. We're like, oh, my watch says I burned 500 calories doing this 20 minutes of exercise, which is not even accurate. Mm -hmm. And then you just literally sat on your butt the rest of the day. So most of our, where to start is to get up and get eight to 10,000 steps. Like if you're not doing that, that's where you start. And that's where our clients start. Yeah, and for most people, I say for most people because I know there are exceptions, but for most people, walking isn't hard, right? No. It's not difficult. Like, you can walk. We're not asking you to run. We're not asking you to, you know, do sprint intervals. Walking, for most people, unless you have injuries or, you know, certain conditions where it's difficult for you to walk, but typically walking is not hard. No. And if, okay, well, I have knee pain. Well, yes, you have knee pain because you have – so much extra weight on. Ride a bike then. 
Like, get a stationary bike and ride a bike if it hurts your knees. Just, like, Mm -hmm. move. Move move somehow. Right. Right? Yeah. So then what do you do next? Okay. I am – I'm hitting my eight to 10,000 steps a day. What do I do next? Well, let's start picking up the pace a little bit. Let's start doing some zone two cardio. Like, we talked about how important that is. So let's add – three sessions of 30 minutes a week doing some zone two cardio so your body can get used to getting your heart rate up. So zone two cardio, go back and listen to that episode that we talked about it, but it's where you can still have a conversation, but you're exercising. So it's not a leisurely walk in the park. It's going on a jog with Shauna, but I can still talk to her, right? Maybe it's going on a hike where you can still have a conversation or going on a bike ride, but you're pushing the pace a little bit. So you want to get your heart rate up, but you want to still be able to have a conversation, right? Because I can't throw you into HIIT training or sprint training or plyometric training if you aren't used to getting your heart rate up. Right. Like you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Yeah. And that's another reason why it's not good to go from nothing to everything. Yeah. 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 So we're going to add in some ZO2 training three times a week for 30 minutes. From there, the next thing is some strength training. I would rather you do strength training than plyo and hit and anything like that. And that's where people get really confused is what is strength training. And for some people, strength training is squatting to a bench with your body weight and standing up. Mm Mm-hmm. For some people, it's bending over and, like, it's just your body weight. It's learning how to do a push-up. It's learning how to do a pull-up. It's learning how to do an air squat. It's, like, purely body weight stuff. And when we start people on strength training, we start them with body weight stuff. Um, So anytime, like, any of our programs, they start with body weight stuff if you've never exercised. Or if we send you to Kimberly's YouTube channel, we start with body weight stuff. So strength training can be your body weight, and then we can increase it from there. Right. There was a client just the other day that um, messaged and they had been walking and they felt like they were ready to do more. So they had messaged and you had said that you would, you know, just add a body weight workout to their routine. So that's it's just as simple as that. When you're ready and you and your coach feel like you can move on, then that's just the next step. People totally underestimate body weight workouts. Like, you if so I don't know like most people may not know what Cindy is but it's a CrossFit workout of pull ups push ups and air squats purely mm-hmm. your body weight that workout destroys me and I am sore for days yeah and yeah, it's, it's my body legit. weight mm-hmm. yeah and I it's mean, so it's so movement you're still using your muscles you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. works I mean eventually we do want you lifting weights we want you back squatting and deadlifting and pressing and stuff like that. But if you can't squat to a bench, then you can't back squat. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So we're going to start walking. Then we're going to add in some zone two. Then we're going to add in some strength training. And then we can start adding in some intervals, plyometrics, HIIT workouts, and go from there. So I think it's really important to know that, like, it is going to be – Starting a fitness routine is a little bit uncomfortable, right? Like you're going to get out of breath and it's going to be hard and you're going to be sore, but you also don't need to go from sitting on the couch to doing these crazy workouts. And that's not something that we would ever recommend to you. Right. And a lot of the times, most people, if you haven't been working out, you don't have the 
correct mobility anyway, no. right? Like you're not going to be mobile enough to do certain things. So you do have to take it in steps for more than one reason. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a beginner. How do we treat people that are like, okay, well, I'm not a beginner. I go to CrossFit five days a week and I'm, I'm like not super fit, but I'm not, I, I know how to move my body. Right. So then it's, mm. it's looking at their whole workout plan, right? Are you doing some of that zone two? Okay, good. Are you doing some type of plyometric workout? Mm, nope, probably not. Cause no one likes plyo. It's mm. freaking hard. Yeah. Yeah. So when it's hard, you know, we just don't do it. Right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe we're, and then we're adding intervals, right? So we're look like if we are never one that is like, you have to follow our workout plan. A lot of times clients come to us with their own workout plan that they like to follow and we help them mm -hmm. tweak it based upon their hormones and the things that they're needing um, and their goals and all of those types of things. So we work with you. It's not our way or the highway. This is a client-centered coaching program, not a coach-centered coaching program. I don't expect you to do the workouts that I do. I expect you mm -hmm. to do the workouts that you want to do, but we are going to throw in some things that you need to do, right? If you come to me and you're a marathon runner, I'm going to throw in strength training and intervals and plyometrics because there's a reason why you're not looking the way that you want to look or you're having the gut health issues that you're having or the hormonal issues that you're having, right? We got to add in these things as women that our body needs. And that's some strength training and some intervals and some plyometrics. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And then we get on the flip side where we get people that come to us that are completely overtraining. Yes, this is also true. And that's not good as yeah. well. Like their cortisol is out the – well, they don't, it's either out the wazoo or they don't have any left because they've just burned it out, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're not having the body composition that they want because they're not allowing their bodies to recover. Like there is too much thing as too much exercise. Your mm -hmm. muscles recover during rest. They grow during rest. And so you have to be taking one, probably two – rest days a week. And so that can be hard for a lot of people, especially um, if you have some disordered eating and you're overtraining. And But overtraining can cause just as harmful effects on your body as undertraining can. I know when I was um, marathon training for the Boston Marathon, like my hemoglobin A1C was pre-diabetic. So how does a marathon runner have a pre-diabetic hemoglobin A1C? Yeah. Yeah. But you did. I did because I was overtraining. Mm -hmm. I was missing. I was starting to not have menstrual cycles. Like your your body tells you when you're not having enough food and you're overtraining by shutting stuff down. Right, and you're and I think that's the thing that people don't think about is you're not going to reach the goals that you want by doing too much. Like it's you think that you need to do more, but you don't. You know, like you're going to make fun, but. You always make fun about baseball, but uh. we're big, we're big baseball fans. But for instance, like last night, we were watching, you know, LSU. Brody and I are big LSU fans, but their pitcher is phenomenal, Paul Skeens. But he knows when he pitches, he knows how important rest and recovery is. So he's not pitching for at least 
three, four, five days after he pitches, you know, because he's learned the importance of his muscles and having to recover. So what makes us think that, like, we don't have to recover? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when top athletes, it's it's simple. And why wouldn't you want to recover? I don't know. It's like, rest, <laughs> rest. Well, yeah. Okay, well, I have a hard time resting, so I'm going to throw myself. No, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, you know, more isn't always best. And so no, we need not. to learn that. Especially when you're trying to compete at a higher level or you have a lot of um, strength, like body composition goals, more right. is not better. You have to let your body rest and recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that means maybe doing some yoga or some mobility. It means paying attention to like – Two, how many times have we had to tell our clients, like, if you're not sleeping, don't get up and go to the gym. Right. Exactly. You're hurting your body more than you're helping it. You have to sleep and recover. Mm-hmm. Right. I just don't think a lot of people are in tune with their bodies, too. You know, and we talked about that on a previous episode as well, but... I think they're just so used to doing so much or even so little that they don't even know what it feels like to be doing the right thing. So they don't know. Yeah, I mean, I for sure. And I see people rely way too much on wearables too. Mm -hmm. Oh, my whoop says I'm 98% recovered. I have to hit the gym hard today, but my body hurts and I feel like trash. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, then listen to your body. Or, oh, my whoop or my aura ring says that I'm only 30% recovered, but I feel great. But uh, I can't go to the gym because it says that I'm not recovered. Like it, that, it's it's it is technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does have good insights, but all oh, of for it, sure. you know, you can't rely on strictly that. Yeah, you have to learn to listen to your body. But that's the number one thing I've learned with working with these clients that we're working with is, as women, we are so out of touch with our bodies. Yeah. And what it's right. telling us. Yeah. Like, we don't know what it means to be really hungry. We don't know what it means to be really tired. Like, we don't even know what it feels like. And it, we confuse it with other things because we're so out of tune with our body. Right. Or people are telling us this is just how you should feel because you're getting older, right? Yeah. We have a lot of women that people, like, doctors tell them that. And they're like, well, I guess it's just how I feel. And we talked about that with Shelby. Like, that's what she was told even. But it's not how it has to be. No. And if you're looking for a doctor to tell you how to fix everything, they're probably going to throw a Band-Aid on stuff. So I – this is completely off exercise topic. <laughs> completely off. So last night I did a consult with someone. Um, she's 42. She's been on birth control since she was in her 20s. Um, and then she's also on a medication called spironolactone, which is for acne. And her main complaint was, I have no sex drive. And I was like, okay, you probably don't. Has anyone ever explained to you how those medications work? She's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, birth control shuts down your ovaries. And it gives you synthetic hormones to where you have a withdrawal bleed and you don't really have a real period. Testosterone, your sex hormone that makes you have a libido, is made in your ovaries. So if you're shutting down your ovaries, then that's going to affect your sex drive. Spironolactone for acne is an anti-androgen. So it also shuts down testosterone. So you are on two medications that have shut down all your testosterone. And no wonder you don't have a sex drive. Right. Right. But then it's like. But they don't know. No. Like they don't know. So then it's like, okay, well, I've tried to stop spironolactone, but I still have acne. Okay, well, 
skin issues arise from the gut. Mm-hmm. You're on birth control that is affecting your gut. You are eating processed foods and not exercising, which is affecting your gut. So, yeah, no wonder you have all these problems because yeah. you're doing a lot of things that are affecting your gut. And, and all goes hand in hand. Yeah. But like, we aren't taught that. Mm-hmm. No. Right. We just and aren't. even when they give you a medicine, too, you know, I feel like when probably when she went on that acne medicine, they won't, they didn't tell her, sorry, yeah. this is going to really affect your sex drive. But no. it's going to clear up your acne. They don't say that. No. Yeah. No. Again, it's where we're putting a Band-Aid on it. Or what was that analogy? You can walk around with a pin in your foot and take pain medicine for it to try to mask it, or you can just pull the pin out. So you can continue to just take medicines and mask the pain, or you can pull the pin out and figure out what's going on underneath, Mm -hmm. which is completely off topic from exercise that we were talking about. But I think a lot of times too, people don't, people don't exercise or don't know where to begin with exercise because of that pain. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can nail that. Like we can go back to that pin, walking around with a pin and your foot analogy. Like well, this, also, this consult, she was like, Well, I am going to, I, I started going to a pain specialist and stuff like that because my back hurts and I can't exercise because my back hurts. And I was like, Well, your back hurts because you have extra weight on and you don't have any core stability. So instead of trying all these other things, why don't we fix? the weight issue and fix the core issue and then maybe the pain will go away. But we're told all these stories about why we can't exercise and why we can't do this and doctors feed into it. And it's a story that was told to us or a story that we're telling ourselves. It's not reality and it's not truth. And we find that in nutrition stories that people are telling themselves. We find that in, in so many other things. Right. I, and I think people just have to understand that it's going it's going to hurt sometimes, like as if like your muscles will be sore sometimes. But would you rather have muscle soreness or would you rather have diabetes or would you rather just be in chronic pain because you have too much weight on your body? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you have to push through in order to get where you want to be. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. My goodness, when we were away... Lakin had me do those curtsy lunges. I was wrecked. I was walking like a baby giraffe. I could barely walk down the steps. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? It's temporary pain instead of having pain for the rest of your life because you're just choosing to mask it with other things and not take control of your health, right? Right. And I'm not saying that you should like go work out with pain. But no. sometimes, but sometimes like you are going to have a little bit of, you should always have proper form and stuff like that. But sometimes your back is maybe going to be a little bit more achy until we can work through that to get your core tight. And then that pain's going to go away. Yeah. My dad is like the worst at that. He's so funny. He would always say like, I just can't. I can't work out because I don't want my muscles to be sore. Like I don't want my like leg muscles to hurt. And we're like, dad, like you can do it. It's like not that bad, you know, but people I think are just scared. But once you push through, then it's fine. But yeah, I remember. So my mom taught step aerobics and Zumba and was like, Probably one of those 80s people with the leotards and the long socks. The high socks. Yeah. So cute. Pro- yeah. I don't know. I've never seen a picture like, like that. Like Suzanne but- Summers. Yes. Wasn't that? <laughs> <laughs> she did all of that stuff. And she never focused on strength training. So her back is was wrecked. Like she had some degenerative discs and stuff like that. Because Zumba, you move your you, – whatever. 
Zumba. My hips don't move like that. Mine not either. Whatever. But um, when she started CrossFit, it was like, oh, I can't do that because I have back pain. Like, I can't do CrossFit. I can't do strength training because I have back pain. Because she did CrossFit, she has no back pain. Mm-hmm. Now she has enough muscle and core stability that that is gone. So a lot right. of times it's the story that we're telling ourselves. Like, I can't do this because I have pain. That is the reason why you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you don't, then the pain down the road is going to be greater than the temporary pain that you're feeling now. Right. So, And I think that leads us into like a good – so on our next podcast, we're going to have a guest – and I'm so excited about this podcast that that's coming up. So we're going to have a guest. Her name is uh, Megan Pomerinsky. And so she is going to be awesome. Um, and she's going to talk to us about – she's a um, certified athletic trainer and functional strength coach. But she's going to talk about to us about how to take ownership of your fitness and your injury and your pain and rehab by getting out of the stories that maybe the healthcare – industry have told you about your body being broken or dysfunctional and how to manage pain um, in a way that like we get out of this victim mentality, right? We get out of this cycle of not wanting to exercise because we're scared of injury, pain, whatever. So we're going to really dig into if you are one of those people that's like, I can't work out because I have injury and I have pain. She's really going to help walk us through what that looks like to get you started. So I think anyone that's listening that has had injury or that is really scared to start a fitness program, you're going to really want to listen to next week's episode. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. It'll be a good one. So I believe that's all for our episode today. Yeah. And if you guys want, please feel free to give us a five-star review and a rating. It really helps us out. And we hope to catch you next time. See ya. Bye.